Welcome back to Two Sisters at a TV, the classic TV podcast where we remember and celebrate all things and everything classic TV. Well, it is time for our final episode of 2023. And I hope that uh, the year was a good one for you. And we definitely are looking forward to 2024 and all of the amazing things that that's going to bring not only to us, but to all of you. Today's episode is going to take a look back at several of the other entertainers that we lost this year. Now, we did episodes specifically dedicated to Adam Rich, Raquel Welch, Lisa Marie Presley, Bob Barker, Suzanne Summers, Matthew Perry, Tina Turner, Jerry Springer. Today, we're going to take a look starting off with Tommy Smothers passed away the day after Christmas at the age of 86. Now, Tommy Smothers, he and his brother Dick, and I didn't know that Tom was the older one. I always thought that Dick was the older one. They were only a year apart in age, I believe, but I was very surprised to know that Tom was the oldest. Because Tom always acted like he was the youngest, to me anyway. He, Dick always was more reserved and more kind of calm. Tom more feisty, uh, outspoken, uh, you know, he was the one, you know, mom liked you best. So, (laughs) um, but Tommy Smothers, along with his brother, Dick, definitely changed the face of television in the late sixties. Now, when they first started out, they were folk singers. Um, Tom played guitar, Dick played bass. And they were these really innocent-looking, clean-shaven boys who were on the Ed Sullivan Show, the Jack Benny Show, the Tonight Show. They really made their rounds within television, Um, the variety shows, that circuit, the talk shows. And they were likable, you know. um, They uh, had several popular, you know, record albums. And so, you know, they were very well-known, very well-liked. So ABC, not ABC, CBS, they were so well-liked that CBS decided to give them their own sitcom, their own TV show, but the sitcom didn't work out. So they decided instead to give their give them their own variety show, The Smothers Brothers Show, which made its debut on February the 5th, 1967, ran on Sunday nights opposite Bonanza, which was the number one, one of the number one uh, popular TV shows in the country. It had been number one in the ratings, but it was still like in the top five, certainly in the top ten. So the Smothers Brothers going up against Bonanza, well, that was a little bit, you know, alarming in the beginning. But the Smothers Brothers held its own very, very well. The show became very popular, very well liked, particularly amongst the young. A lot of older people watched it as well because, again, they, you know, the Smothers Brothers, their music and their charm and their humor and the way that they looked and carried themselves also endeared them to older people. But the show was super popular. Uh, People between the ages of 15 and 25 really, really liked it. And actually, believe it or not, did cut into Bonanza's ratings a little bit because this show was really hip. And it was, like I said, it was very, you know, happening. It was very current. And we've said this before on this podcast. There were really no TV shows like that on TV. I mean, you had like, 
Ironside, which would debut later that year. You had I Spy, The Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible. But those were espionage type shows. They didn't really deal with Vietnam, women's rights, racism, you know, the, the issues that were going on in America. Those were not being addressed until the Smothers Brothers came on board. And that show definitely led the way for shows like Laugh-In, like SNL, and Fridays, and In Living Color. Also, just, you know, shows like Jon Stewart's show, and uh, what's that guy's name? Stephen Colbert. All of these guys, you know, who do all this political commentary, that all started with the Smothers Brothers. Because they would, you know, get on their show and they would talk about LBJ and Vietnam. They'd talk about Richard Nixon and Vietnam. No one else was talking about the president in that regard at that time. All of a sudden, you you know, these other shows follow their lead and they too were talking about LBJ and, you know, Nixon. And all, every president since then has definitely, you know, been you know, criticized and, you know, been addressed in a satirical type fashion, but it all started with them. So it was a show that was really, you know, uh, I watched, I never really watched the show, to be honest, you know, not my sister, not familiar with it either. She always did compare us to them though, (laughs) which it makes sense because I'm more like Dick. She's more like Tommy (laughs) in personality. Um, you know, cause I saw an interview that they did with, um, oh, I forget who they did it with, but Tom admitted that he was the one who was the most outspoken. He's the one who kind of had the temper and Dick was a little bit more, a little bit more reserved in that regard. But, um, you know, Dick of course was outspoken as well, you know, so, and I can be very outspoken too, very outspoken, you know, my sister, um, can maybe will be a little bit more outspoken, but you know, so we are like the Smothers Brothers in that way. So I definitely agree with that comparison. But we never watched the show, but we did watch some episodes over on YouTube, and there is a DVD package available of I think if not all of the episodes of the show because it ran for three seasons on CBS. Certainly the best of the Smothers Brothers uh, show is um, on DVD, that's available on DVD. But uh, the show, like, it was funny. It was really, truly funny. And they had these great musical acts, a lot like the Ed Sullivan Show. I mean, they had The Who, The Doors, The Temptations, Janis Joplin, Cass Elliot. I mean, they had amazing musical acts. They really did. I mean, they were totally, you know, off the chain. Tina Turner, I can Tina Turner. So yeah, it was a it was a good show though. It was really funny, and like I said, um, very very bold because these guys. I mean, oh my gosh, they along with George Segal, they did a song about draft dodgers, and I was listening to that on YouTube, and I'm like, I cannot believe that this song actually was on national television. You go to YouTube, you can look it up. I can't remember the exact title of the song. If you look up, you know, Draft Dog or the Smothers Brothers, you're going to run into it. But the lyrics were so controversial. I mean, especially considering the era 
the late 60s, you know, for TV, because, you know, late 60s TV, like I said, wasn't addressing draft dodging and Vietnam and any of that. And so these guys are thinking about, you know, being a draft dodger and, you know, hey, you know, if you have a war without bloodshed and, and killing, count me in. And, you know, why do I have to go over there, like I say, and, and you know, it's just, it's just, why do I have to go over there, like I say, and, 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 and shoot people? It, the lyrics are unbelievable. Now, some of the writers on the show included Steve Martin and Rob Reiner and Lorenzo Music. Lorenzo Music would go on to be the voice of Garfield. And he was also the voice of Carlton the Doorman on Rhoda. But they had a really amazing team of writers. And they, like I said, really had some good material. The brothers also were involved in the writing. And that's when things began to really get tense between the brothers and CBS. Because they were just putting out this, this material that was just way too controversial. I mean, they were just pushing the envelope so hard they really wanted to they didn't want to water down or turn any of their material any of their content on the show into milk toast or whatever they wanted to have everything really edgy and really real they wanted this show to be real and to address the issues going on in the country and um, really around the world for that matter as well with Vietnam and they didn't want to hold back So the censors got so uncomfortable, they began to demand that they see the scripts in advance so they could edit the content. And they butchered so many shows, so many episodes. They would get the script. They want the script 10 days in advance. They would get the script and they would just edit out everything, literally. They really had no material left for an episode. They did so much heavy editing. They just would butcher their episodes. And so, of course, you know, the brothers would go to the media and they would complain to the media. Their comments would be in the paper. And they, like I said, would, you know, they, they would, they fought back. You know, they would go and they would, like I say, run their mouths. And, and like I said, they would, like I say, complain and protest. And uh, so it was a very big, contentious battle between the Smothers Brothers and CBS. To the point where the show was renewed for a fourth season, the 1969-1970 season. But all of a sudden, CBS's president, William Paley, abruptly canceled the show. And the brothers always said that the show wasn't canceled. They said that well, they always said they didn't quit the show. They didn't leave the show. They always said that they were fired, which that's exactly what they were. They were fired because William Paley's excuse was, oh, well, we didn't get their latest script in time. And I mean, it's... It's just, it's a shame. Now, Laugh-In, of course. We did an episode about Laugh-In. If you've never heard it and want to listen to it, feel free to. Laugh-In, now they were addressing the same issues, but they weren't as hardcore as the Smothers Brothers show. The Smothers Smothers Brothers were in your face with this stuff. Laugh-In kind of was too, but they were more comical with it. They were not as, like I said, in your face. They were not as defiant with their material. That's why it was not canceled. I mean, there were some battles, of course, with the censors, but not to this degree. So the brothers sued CBS, and four years later, they sued them for breach of contract, and rightfully so. And four years later, they won their lawsuit. They got like 
oh my gosh, I got a big settlement, like several million dollars, and rightfully so. Now, they tried to make it back with a new variety show in 1975 over on NBC, but it didn't work out. It was a very tame show. It just didn't have the edge that the original did in the 60s. Speaking of which, the show, the same year that it was canceled, won an Emmy for outstanding writing for a comedy, variety, or music show. And again, very rightfully deserved. They also were going to have a new variety. They did have a new variety show. I heard about this. I was a senior in high school. They had a new variety show in the late 80s, um, but it didn't stay on very long. I don't remember. I remember hearing about it, but for some reason I didn't watch it. Probably because something else was on up against it. I was watching instead and I forgot to turn over to it. But the original show, if you've never seen it, it's definitely something I highly recommend. We both recommend checking it out because, like I said, it is funny. Not only, like I said, was it edgy, but it had all those great musical acts, and it was truly funny. It was a very funny show. The last episode aired on June the 8th, 1969. By the way, Tom would go on to play acoustic guitar, didn't know this, on John Lennon's live recording of Give Peace a Chance, which is a great song. Didn't know that, but yeah, if you want to... Check that out again. Definitely give that song a list if you've never heard it before. It's a really good song. There is a documentary about the Smothers Brothers' struggles with their variety show. The title of it is Dangerously Funny, The Uncensored Story of the Smothers Brothers, Comedy Hour. Um, it's a book, actually. Uh, it was written in 2000, uh, published in 2009, written by David P. and Cully, if I said that correctly. There's also a DVD um, called Smothered, The Censorship Struggles of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Show, Comedy Hour, rather. So there's a book and a DVD you can check out in regard to all the struggles that these brothers had with their show. But Tom Smothers, definitely, he and Dick changed the face of television forever. The stuff you see on TV today, it all goes back to Tom and Dick Smothers. All having passed away in 2023, Mark Goddard, he portrayed Major Don West on Lost in Space. He was 87 years old. I have a friend who had a big crush on Major West. And for me personally, I think he got even better looking as he got older. He was good looking on the show, but as he got older, I think he got even better looking. All having passed away this year, Andre Bodger, I think I'm mispronouncing his name. He was on Homicide, Life on the Street. He won an Emmy for, I believe, that particular show. And he was also on Brooklyn Nine. He was 61 when he passed away. The last uh, spelling of his last name, B-A-U-G-H-E-R. Like I said, if I bungled his last name, and I think I did, I apologize. But um, really good actor. Also, Marlene Clark best known as being Lamont's fiance in the latter years of Sanford and son, Janet. She passed away in May of this year at the age of 85. She was a model at one point and had been married to Billy D. Williams. And she was also in episodes of What's Happening and Bonanza. And there was another show that she was on. I can't think of it, unfortunately. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Piper Laurie, who was in Twin Peaks, and also she played the mom in the movie Carrie, the original Carrie from 1976, passed away at the age of 91. 
Alan Arkin, who was in the movie Loma's Sunshine, he won an Oscar for that film, passed away at the age of 89. Treat Williams, who was in, made up, he made appearances in Hawaii Five O, Blue Bloods. He was also in the film Hair. I think he was also in the movie The Summer of Forty Two. Passed away at the age of seventy one due to a motorcycle accident. David McCallum from Man, the Man from Uncle, passed away at the age of ninety. Jim Brown, who co-starred in a movie with Marlene Clark, they actually died on the same day, believe it or not, back in May. He was also in the film The Dirty Dozen and also 100 Rifles with Raquel Welch, who, as I mentioned earlier, also passed away this year. Jim Brown, who was a mega popular football player who entered the acting world, was 87. Robert Blake passed away this year at the age of 89. Of course, not only did he get his start in the Little Rascals shorts back in the 40s, but he was probably best known for being Tony Beretta on the ABC drama Beretta, which he won an Emmy for in 1975. The show ran, if I recall, from 1974 to 1978. And Richard Belzer, who was in Law and Order and also a part of the original Saturday Night Live cast, passed away at the age of 78. So we definitely wanted to pay tribute to all of these legendary entertainers who left in 2023. Also having passed away, Burt Bacharach, who was married to Angie Dickinson for several years. Burt Bacharach wrote some of the most amazing music. He and Hal David wrote countless hits for Dionne Warwick, including Do You Know the Way to San Jose, Walk On By, Promises, Promises. We're big Dionne Warwick, um, we're big Dionne Warwick fans in our family, always have been. And I believe Burt Bacharach was 94 years old, I believe. So uh, definitely, like I said, wanted to pay tribute to all of these entertainers and also to remember the ones we already paid tribute to on this podcast. And again, wanted to remember Tommy Smothers. We also, before we close, we want to thank you for all of your support of this podcast in 2023. We can't begin to tell you how much we appreciate you listening to us, following the podcast, reviewing it rating it, um, just taking time out of your lives and agendas and schedules to listen to what we have to say. And we look forward to bringing you much more enjoyable content in 2024. So this will conclude this final episode of the year of Two Sisters and a TV. Thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the happiest of New Year's. Happy 2024, and we will see you not only on the next episode, but in the new year.